0: Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus. Please turn with me in your copy of scripture to Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. For those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Josh Pingerton. I'm the minister of middle school students slash families. Um, Speaking of which, I actually By my middle school students to pick five random words of theirs to put into this sermon. So you can see if you can figure out which words those are. So starting in Mark chapter 5, we have the story of this woman who's had a bleeding disorder for 12 years. And you might be wondering, what does a story of a bleeding woman have to do with a mission trip in our salvation? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're going to talk about. So starting in verse 25, it says, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. So here we have this lady, and she has just kind of lost all hope. She's been through the ringer. She's had this disease going on for a super long time. We don't know exactly what this disease was. It could be a menorrhagia, hemophilia, von Willebrand disease, or some sort of clotting disorder. Either way, it probably caused her a lot of pain and fatigue and other symptoms that you would see in a mitochondria disorder. But But she's dealing with this sickness for years and years and years, and she's spent just huge portions of her money trying to figure it out. She is trying to figure out some solution. The thing is, when it comes to us, like this woman, each of us is born with a disease. We might not recognize it, but we're born with a disease that's 100% terminal. There's a 100% death rate. And that disease is sin. And like this woman, oftentimes we try to cover it up with other options, other entertainments, other hobbies, other relationships, things that we try, think will make us fixed. We find band aids and we try to put it on to cover it up, but it doesn't actually heal the disease underneath. The only thing that could heal us is Christ. Without Christ, there is no hope. And that's where this woman is at when we first encounter her. She has lost all hope, she's become completely desperate. Sometimes I think that's what it takes for us to truly encounter Christ is to get to the point where we're desperate. If we think we can do it on our own and we can be our own solution and if I can just find that one thing that'll make me happy, we're never going to truly seek Christ the way we should. Sometimes it takes becoming desperate to seek after Christ because without Him there is no hope. Going on in verse 27, it says, She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. So this lady, she comes up with this plan. It's not a great plan, but she comes up with this plan that if I can just go and make my way through this crowd, and if I can just grab on to him, then something's going to happen. So she started with no hope, but now she, with, she, with Jesus, she has a hope. She thinks that if I could just touch him, then something will happen. However, keep in mind that what she is going to do, what she's now planning on doing, goes against all the Jewish laws and customs. This woman, because of her bleeding disorder, is considered unclean by Jewish law. So because of that, Now, she was required at that time to be back behind the crowd, away from everybody else, and she should make everyone near her aware that she was unclean. For her to go and touch anyone would be making them unclean and make it so they couldn't come near the temple. By her going and touching Jesus, she would be making him unclean. And yet she is so desperate and has this plan that it's worth it to just go to see what will happen. When it comes to this mission trip, that was kind of our, our motto and our, our way we went about things, where a lot of us went in without really knowing what to expect. None of these kids had ever been on a mission trip before, let alone one to Central America. Uh, one of the students, she hadn't been on an airplane since she was three years old. We went in without knowing it completely what to expect, but with the expectation that Jesus would do something with it. It was kind of like that, the day at the surf camp where none of us had ever surfed, none of us ever knew anything about surfing, and yet we were charged with being surfing instructors. So we went in and we thought there would be some sort of training that they would provide showing us how to be surf instructors, but no, they just told all the kids the instructions in Spanish and then sent us out into the water and had us show the kids how to do it. So, and, but, and yet I watched as all of our students, they just went out there, they pushed the kids, they used what three sentences of Spanish they knew, they introduced themselves and asked where the bathroom was, and they they used what they had, and yet I got to see that even with just that desire to serve God, that desire to step out on faith, God was able to use it and bless those kids. Because for them, they didn't have, this wasn't their... they didn't have a lot of fun activities that they can do in community. They didn't have a paintball, course, in El Salvador. This was their one chance to really get out and be kids. And I got to see God shine a light through that, using what little planning we had to really serve these kids and bless these kids. As Christians, each of us, is going to come to a point in our lives where we're going to have to step out in faith with really, without really knowing what it's going to look like. For this woman, she was risking embarrassment, public shame, possibly even death, depending on how the crowd reacted. But she had such hope and faith in what Christ could do that she was willing to step out. And as Christians, that's sometimes what we have to do. Going on in verse 29, we reach... The most intense, crazy part of this entire passage. So, Mark 5, verse 29, it says, And immediately after this woman has gone through this crowd, shuffled her way through, and immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. So it's not just she touches him and then she starts to feel better. It says immediately upon grabbing hold of his cloak, her whole body is healed. So much so that she is immediately able to tell that it's completely gone. And that's what Jesus does: is he purifies us. So this is the major event where he, go, where she is completely healed of everything. Earlier, it was a little difficult to hear, but there's a video of Ava sharing the gospel using a water filter. And how the water filters work is they use the process of reverse osmosis where the water goes through this little membrane in the filter and it takes out all the grime and dirt and garbage and lets clean water through. However, we told the people at the end of the day, they have to take that filter and they have to clean it out because all of that grime and dirt and garbage, it doesn't just go away. It all gets stuck in the filter. It's all, that filter just absorbs it and takes it all. Everything is absorbed by that filter, and that's how the water comes out pure. What Jesus does is He doesn't just wipe away our sin. He doesn't just take it away. He doesn't just clean our slate. What Jesus also does is He took all of that sin upon Himself. All of that sin wasn't just wiped away, it was also put on him. It says in 2 Corinthians verse 521, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus was the only person in all of history who was perfect, who was good, who had no sin, and yet He was willing to take on our sin in our place. He took on that death, that disease that we had. He took it on Himself in our place. And that's what this woman experiences. She experiences all of her disease, everything being removed from her by Christ. Moving on in verse 30 through 34, we see an interesting development it says, and Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? So you have to imagine Jesus is now making his way through this massive crowd, and he is completely surrounded. So, Ava brought up the face scrub. So we had this idea that we would bring this face scrub craft to the to the women's ministry that they had there at Lared, where we would have this, you know, coconut oil and essential oil and succulent and all this just stuff all spread out that they could use and place together and make a face scrub. However, Something got lost in translation and it turned into just a free-for-all mad grab where you had to run, everybody was kind of, 70 women were just kind of swarming, just trying to grab as much stuff as they could. Uh, I just remember the, the look of absolute fear and terror in Tad's eyes as 70 women just surrounded him and started grabbing things out of his hands. And so I imagine that was a little bit what it was like, where you just had this huge crowd, and they knew that he was a person who performed miracles, and so they were just surrounding him. And so his question at first seems kind of silly. He asks, who touched me? And his disciples respond, like, you know, everybody is touching you. I don't know what you're talking about. However, Jesus is omniscient. We see that in John uh, chapter 1 verse 48 where he's talking to Nathanael and he explains that he saw him under the fig tree. Jesus knows all. He's constantly reading people's hearts and thoughts and minds. He, he knows exactly who it was that touched him. So his reason isn't he just has no idea. He's not like some power bucket that sprung a leak and then he, he's trying to figure out what happened. No, he knows exactly who touched him. But he's giving this woman the opportunity to come forward. Jesus provides us the opportunity to witness, just like he did with us at El Salvador. So he gives this woman the opportunity to come forward. And just like that, he provides us as Christians the opportunity to come forward. A lot of people don't realize that Christians were like plants, right? We use photosynthesis. We receive our energy from the sun. Jesus not only gives us the opportunity to witness, but he provides the energy and the ability to do so. And that's what he did in this day for this woman. So going on, it says in verse 33, or 32, And he looked around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. So he provides this woman this opportunity to share what's been done in her life, what has happened, how she has been cleaned and purified. And Jesus provides us as Christians that same opportunity to go out and share and to provide an explanation of what has changed inside of us. After she does so, we see one of the most powerful moments in this entire passage in verse 34. It says, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is the only time in all of the New Testament that Jesus calls someone his daughter. To give you a little bit of context, to make this even crazier, in the context of this passage, Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus, the temple official, to heal his daughter who is dying. This girl, this 12-year-old girl is dying, and Jesus is on his way. He's getting frantically rushed along by his disciples. Like, come on, we got to save her. Like, this guy's really powerful, really take care. And he's in the midst of this, all of this craziness being rushed to this place to heal this girl who he eventually brings back to life from the dead. In the middle of all this, he stops, he turns, he looks at this woman after she has came to him and got on her knees in awe and fear and trembling and poured out her heart before him. He looks at her and calls her daughter. And he tells her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. What it took was this woman coming to Jesus desperate. Desperate. As both non-believers and believers, if we are not coming to Jesus desperate, desperate for a miracle, desperate for His ability and healing, we're fooling ourselves. If we think we can survive on our own, if we think we're going to be all right, if we can take care of everything, even I'm talking on a daily basis, if we think we've got it all covered, we're fooling ourselves. Each of us, both non-Christians and Christians, we need to let go of our fear of public perception and the way we might be thought of and interpreted if we were to make a fool of ourselves, and we need to come to Jesus with this same sort of fervor and desperation that this woman does. And the most beautiful thing is that after we do so, not only are we completely purified and healed, But he calls us sons and daughters. However, what it takes is having the faith and courage to reach out and grab on to him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for being the perfect sacrifice. Lord, we thank you that even as we come to you as enemies, as sinners unworthy of your grace and love, as people unclean, Lord, instead of, instead of us making you unclean, Lord, you make us clean. God, instead of this woman making you unclean, you made her clean. God, I thank you for your goodness and your sacrifice that was able to make us as sinners purified and righteous before you. And I thank you for the opportunity that you give us then as Christians to go forward and be a light to others. I thank you for the opportunity that you provided these students to go out and be a light to others. Lord, thank you for supplying us with the energy and the ability to do so. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.